You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we are talking about the spy who came in from the cool. But first, Chuck, what's happening in the world of the monkeys? Uh, what's not happening in the world of monkeys right now? <laughs> yeah. There is a ton of news this week. Yeah, there is. Uh, first off, now, if you're if you're hearing this when it comes out, you will have just missed uh, Mickey Dolan's appearing on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully those clips will be available. I know Jody has said she's going to record it. So hopefully everyone saw that uh, because that's a big deal for Mickey to be on The Tonight Show. I'm going to be a Thor. But if you missed it, make sure you find a clip because I can't wait. I, I What do you guys think? He's, he's just going to sing a song? I think there's, there's going to be has to be some kind of chatting of some kind. Okay. I don't know if he's going to do a song because I think there's another musical guest. Oh, really? As well, I think. See, I was—I figured he would come on there and sing "I'm a Believer." To me, that's like the go-to for Mickey to go on it. Yes, but yeah, I, that'd be great if he just talked instead. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd like talk that. up his new tour. I know. I would, I would. I would love for all the Tonight Show fans to go racing out to the tour and. Get seats that are not as good as ours because we already got ours, but <laughs> but fill the houses. You know that's what I keep saying yeah. on the podcast. We want to fill these houses, keep Mickey in demand. So I, yeah, it's pretty exciting that he's going to be on there. Yeah, yes. I've got my DVR set just in case I cannot stay up that late. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, Seven um, A Records they sort of have made their mark releasing solo monkeys material, mm-hmm. um, but they're releasing a new band. Uh, the Lemon Sherbets, which that just came out this past Friday. Uh, and it's fun. It's cool. It's sort of retro, kind of power poppy, um, sort of bubblegum poppy. Has anybody heard any of it yet? I heard the bit no. of one song and I liked it, what I heard. So okay. I'm waiting, waiting for my copy to listen to in the car when nobody can right. bother me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully everybody will support 7A Records because I'm, I'm all for 7A Records yeah. just being as successful as possible. And then that will give them the resources to continue doing the monkey stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for instance, they've just announced that they're releasing a 50th anniversary edition of Michael Nesmith's pretty much your standard ranch stash. (laughs) Um, And that's coming out on April 14th on CD and final. And you know how seven, a does. So it'll be very nice packaging and great liner notes, I'm sure. So, I mean, already the next monkey's solo reissue is in the pike. Mm-hmm. So keep keep supporting 7A Records because, I mean, they're, they're doing great work. Yeah, they do. I pre-ordered my copy of that already. <laughs> so, I mean, we're about a month out from the Flower Power Cruise, mm-hmm. which, Franca, you and I are going to be on and Mickey's yep. going to be there. Yep. Yes. We've got our stuff booked. Yep. Peter Asher is going to renew our vows. Yep. And we're going to go to a lunch and listening party with the zombies for their new record. Yeah. Cool. And also we're going to see Mickey there. Yeah. Yay. And then right after that, uh, April 1st, Mickey's new tour kicks off, which is the head to- headquarters themed tour. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. We're all going to be at the Orlando show. So if anyone out there is at the Orlando show, come find us. Yeah. We'll be down front. Yeah. <laughs> now, Veronica, for the Flower Power Cruise, what are you doing? Ducks? Yes. So it's a thing that a lot of people do on cruises. I learned when we did the Beach Boys cruise that they hide little rubber duckies around. My rubber duckies are a little smaller than I intended, but (laughs) 
my rubber duckies will have little Mickey ponchos and little Mike hats. So um, if you're going to be on the cruise, be on the lookout for those hidden about. Mm -hmm. Um, They are extremely small. They're probably the base of it is about the size of a quarter. (laughs) So (laughs) you're going to have to actually like really look. I'm not going to hide them too hard, but. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're, if you're on the cruise and you find the little Mike and Mickey ducks that Veronica is hiding around, like take a picture, tag us, like send it to monkeying around on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to see folks end up with these little Mike and Mickey ducks. Cause I think it's going to be cute. Yes. And then also, I mean, the, the biggest news um, here in this past week was the big Jeff Barry event. Yeah. Yes. Which we were all able to watch. I, I, we were here at the house. I know you, Elaine, you were on the road watching it. Yes. I was heading out to vacation, walked it in my hotel room on my phone and enjoyed every mm-hmm. minute of it. So it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah it was. Jeff Barry's a character. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, I loved a story about a cowboy hat. Like why he right. was wearing it. It wasn't a thing he was doing. He just honestly wears cowboy hats. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was a Brooklyn cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I thought that was a lot of fun. A highlight for me was when he called Mickey from the stage yeah. and Mickey answered during dinner. <laughs> was like, hey, <laughs> I guess if you're Jeff Barry, you can get Mickey on the phone when you call him. I'm yeah. sure you can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to be quiet because we were in the hotel room and everybody was like, you know, getting ready to go to bed. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, is He's calling Mickey on the phone. And so, you know, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. And he was like he said, when we, we talked about this before, but he was very frank about his opinions. I mean, really, it seemed like the conflict was between him and Mike. Yeah. Right. It's not terribly surprising. We, I think, no. think we already knew about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that surprised anyone. No. But yeah, I mean, he was very involved. And then, like I said, when Don Kirshner left, he was sort of out with that regime mm-hmm. and then came back to produce changes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know, Elaine, you're a bigger fan of changes. I need to reevaluate changes. I don't hate changes or anything like that, yeah. but I need to give it a good listen. I did think it was funny that he seemed very more, um, what's what I'm looking for? He had feelings about some of those songs on changes and they weren't always positive. And I was like, it was interesting hearing somebody talk about an album that they were really involved with. Well, no, that was a crap song. Why, why, <laughs> like, well, why did you put it on the album if you didn't like it? Was it, did you feel differently back in the seventies or is it just, yeah, that's what you had. So that's what you put on the album. So it was interesting hearing him not like songs that one album he did. <laughs> right. Well, that's always interesting to hear guys who worked on these things. I mean, he was a young guy at the time, yeah. you know, looking back at it. And it's a song, you know, whatever song, a song that we may have listened to our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And they're like, eh, what my best work? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because he really didn't, was it Oh My My? He didn't really like it. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. But he really yeah. does not like that song. I'm like, oh, right. Wow. You know, so it was interesting hearing that side of mm-hmm. things from him. Yeah. Right. Well, there was a big bombshell dropped at the very end. Yeah. That when was. Andrew Sandoval said, well, here's a monkey song you guys haven't heard and just press play. <laughs> and a Casually. long lost monkeys track starts playing. Hey! <laughs> that was Were you awesome. expecting that? No, I was not. It wasn't, <laughs> what, what was also really cool was I got to see some of the lyrics because the zoom was captioned. And of course with my hearing, I always have captioning turned on if I can. And so it was like, 
okay, what is the name of this song? And so kind of like you could sort of figure out the name of the song and get all the lyrics because the Zoom captioning was picking them up pretty good. So that was that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I immediately messaged our friend Derek Miner because I knew I saw his name. I knew he was on the Zoom. Yeah. So I was like, which way do you want it? <laughs> he was like, you're on the Zoom too? I was like, yeah. Uh, so we were chatting a little bit about that, but also um, like immediately somebody out on YouTube ripped it and put it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And Elaine, I know you were traveling. I didn't know if you were still in cell phone range or if you're still in the country or not. So I sent you a message like, I don't know if you can receive this, but long lost monkeys track. Here's a link to YouTube. <laughs> I know when I was watching it live, but also was able to take screenshots because I was watching on my phone. So it was like, click, click, click. But I didn't do anything with them because I felt weird posting screenshots. I don't know why everybody else does it. So right. I need, yeah. I, need to, I need to post them so people who didn't get to watch it can yeah. see. So. Yeah, I know folks out there did record it, but I I was too nervous. I was like, I have OBS on my computer. I could easily have just recorded the whole thing. But I like the Zoom. No, will Zoom, will Andrew Sandoval be mad at me? <laughs> will I get kicked out? I don't. <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm, I'm not like, going to okay, be the one to do that. <laughs> I'm just taking a, a screenshot. It's just a picture. You know, Jeff Jeff Barry and you know maybe Mickey behind him on the screen. That's all it is. You know, so it wasn't right. videos. I felt okay doing that, but I would love if they would release it somewhere mm-hmm. for everybody to watch, and I would pay to watch it again i think yeah or to get a copy of it somehow you know right right the song we should be more specific is called which way do you want it uh, which was recorded for the changes sessions it was recorded on march 25th 1970 uh, the same day that they recorded you're so good to me and ticket on a ferry ride which did make the album i mean i know that's one of two songs that i know of from the changes sessions that are just lost Mm-hmm. Uh, which way do you want it was one of them. And then Ride Baby Ride is another one that's never serviced. So I'm wondering what else Andrew has found. Might might there be a, a big changes box coming in the future? Either a box That'd be amazing. Or, or a deluxe CD. If you don't have enough mm-hmm. to make a whole big, like some of the other ones, just, you know, a two CD set. Yeah. Like surely yeah. there's enough material for like a um, Missing Links 4. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is would be perfect material for something like that. Yeah. Well, get, get into the song. What do you guys think of the song? Which way do you want it? Which way? Tell me what you want to do. It was fun. I can't believe it didn't make it on the album. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think I would have rather had that than... Mm, I don't know which one. Or you could have <laughs> had an extra song on the album. I mean, you know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well... I mean, it, you can definitely tell it's from the changes sessions. It has yeah. that changes feel to it. Yeah, yeah, and and you can tell Mickey's Mickey's voice has matured a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to the point that it has now, but yeah, yeah over some of the other monkeys material for sure. Um, but it was fun. It's a good song, which would be terrible if he were like finally a long lost monkey song and it sucks. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like laugh part two, laugh again. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I don't know if he would have done that. He might have just left that alone. <laughs> right. So, uh, but it was exciting. I mean, that's exciting for monkeys fans. And I mean, that's something we've talked about on this before on the show. Like the vaults are so deep, like yeah. stuff keeps resurfacing. Yeah. I mean, when, when we had uh, Derek on and I was like, how much stuff is there? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, there's more. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that ride baby ride is out there and that maybe Andrew has found it. And yeah. I mean, who knows what else is, He's out there actively looking and finding things. So hopefully, mm-hmm. like you say, this will get a, a good proper release. 
And even, I mean, you know, I mentioned I could change his box set, but I would really rather just some of the stuff that's coming out on bo- like the big expensive box sets that go out of print very quickly, mm-hmm. like just put out real like albums, right? You know, like collections that can be on streaming and that can be on CD that people can actually get a hold of that people can add to the rotation. You know, that's one thing about the the big headquarters set is like you can't add that stuff to, like your Spotify playlist, right? Because it's in the expensive set. I understand why it's exclusive to that set. But once it sells through, man, just like get it out there for everybody. Because that's that's the fun thing about these songs is that people can hear them. They don't just belong Mm -hmm. to collectors. They need to belong to everybody. Yeah. So I'm surprised he hasn't released, unless he's saving it for some sort of CD or album release, that there hasn't been an official video release Mm. of it from Andrew Sandoval or somebody, you know. He's got to deal with the Rhino guys, too. True. So like the Rhino execs have to be on board and see it as being profitable. So that's one thing that I think that, I mean, part of what we're doing with this show and what other monkeys fans are out there on Twitter, like Annie and, you know, people like Derek writing books, like keep beating the drum for the monkeys, you know, show Rhino that there's a demand for this stuff, that there's people who hungry for it. You know, people that someone pirated that song within like half an hour and had it on YouTube. I know. <laughs> you know well, it gets thousands of views. And you've got Mickey going to be on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. That that's right. big, you know, so that's going to reach a whole nother set of people that probably are like, wait, who? Oh, I forgot about him. My parents right. used to listen to that or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, maybe he'll go in there and he'll sing, which way do you want it? That would be cool. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I know he won't. Because when they do those things, it's always like a big popular song that the people at home know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're out there, you know, monkeys fans, keep beating the drum, keep letting Rhino, Rhino know that we're out here and that we're hungry for this material and that there's an audience for it. There's money to be made releasing monkey stuff. Yes, there is. And I think that's everything right now that's happening in the world of the monkeys. All right. We're going to take a quick break from our fellow ESO Network podcast show. But when we come back, we're going to get into our discussion topic of the spy who came in from the cool. So stay right there. You know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories, cartoons of our childhood, Star Trek quizzes, movies that we've liked, hard racing, general pop culture, fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. So this week we are talking about the Monkeys' fifth aired episode, The Spy Who Came In From The Cool. Yeah. Quite obviously uh, named after a certain movie. Yeah. yeah. I think that movie's from a book. Yes. The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Yes, indeed. But this time it's cool. Yes. Do you think it's cool like it wasn't that cold outside? Or do you think it's cool like they're cool? I think it's they're cool. Yeah. I think it works both ways, though. But it's not very, it's not, it doesn't seem very cold wherever In they California. are at. In California. Yeah. No, it's yeah, like it's, California. it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you got to come in from the cool sometimes. <laughs> so before you can come in from the cool, you have to get out into the cool from the monkey's mobile, which made its first appearance in this episode. Yes. Yeah. The main thing I remember about this is Davy climbing out of the window, which he did in the pilot episode as well. It mm. oh, comes okay. out that was aired yeah. later. Yeah. Um, I remember he did that in the other 
the the yellow one, the ye- little yellow run red thing they had in that episode. The little woody wagon they were driving yeah, around in the wagon. pilot. Yeah. 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 I guess because he's he's like, I'm small enough to fit out the window. I'm going to do this every time. Yeah. It's kind of a cool, like, cool guy on TV thing to do, too. Yeah. 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 You know, slide across the hood and jump into the window and that kind of thing. (laughs) And then I noticed um, Peter's belt buckle off to the side where all the other guys had it in the center. I was like, hey, Pete's being weird. And Chuck was like, no, it's it's because of his base. Yeah. So he doesn't scratch up the base. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a bass player thing. But it also came off as a oh look, Peter's being weird. He's so yeah. cute. No, that that's I his think. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's got a unique dance. You hear a lot about Mickey about uh about Davy's dancing. Yeah. But Peter's got kind of a little dance going on too. He's almost twerking. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> I didn't even notice him. I was I was looking at Davy because it was Davy's little yeah. hiney. We're just I was like, yeah, look well. at Davey go. <laughs> yeah, but Peaks, Peter's little tiny is just like really going prominent too. He's <laughs> making sure the camera doesn't that. miss it. <laughs> uh, well, what do we think of this episode? This was a lot of fun. Yes, this is a whole lot mm-hmm. of fun. This was one of the first episodes um, written by the folks who had just finished doing a bunch of the um, Get Smart episodes. Oh, the folks. Folks. Yeah, I'm not remembering their names. <laughs> um, Gerald Gardner and D. Caruso. There we go. Yeah, they were the story editors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they. But you're right. They had previously worked on Get Smart and done a bunch of episodes there, uh, ten episodes or something. I don't. Yeah. Remember off the top of my head. So they were well qualified to write a spy craze parody. Right. But also, I mean, all all shows were doing spy spy parodies at this time. This is like. Yeah. 1966 is like prime spy mm-hmm. spoof time. Yes. You know. Yeah. Because James Bond was huge, mm-hmm. and then everything was a spy. Yes. For a while after that, well, yeah, because you had you had get smart, but you also had I Spy. You had was it the Mod Squad? You had all these different yeah. ones that were coming out. There were all the different yeah. the the Man know. from Uncle. Like you can just go yes. on and on. Mm-hmm. And even you you've got things like the Wild Wild West, which was mm-hmm. a spy show and a western. You know, they're like doubling <laughs> down on like the popular TV trends at the time. <laughs> and but speaking of which, I mean, I think Ali Martell appeared on the Wild Wild West at one point. Okay. I did not write that one down. I, I wrote down different shows that some of them had been yeah. on. Well, I might've made it up. Who knows? <laughs> well, I, I know I saw that in somebody's <laughs> IMDb, but I don't, it may have been on more than one because right. Um, both her and the one who played Boris, they were both on episodes of Columbo, probably not yeah. at the same time. They, they were mm-hmm. on a lot of the same shows. Yeah, they were working actors. Like you, you saw them, and you saw her in a lot of things because she's super talented. But yeah. also, her she has a look that right back when if you have yeah. a, a look that could be like foreign, yeah, you know right. that you could be a different ethnicity every week. <laughs> you yeah, know, her, her yes. IMDb page said her nickname was the Chameleon. Oh wow, so <laughs> she could be whatever you needed her to be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, a lot of people know her from Star Trek. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she was depraying. Although Matt was like, "What? Oh, she got blonde hair." I said, "Picture that with dark hair." Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> and all yeah. the eye makeup. <laughs> yes, and in the ears. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, we actually have an Arlene Martell story. Yeah. But oh. It's it's kind of a downer. So oh. should I tell it now or tell it later? Let's go ahead and do it. We're do we it were now? talking about Arlene Martell. Okay. <laughs> all right. So like a lot of people know that Veronica and I. Well, I mean, for a long time we performed at conventions almost exclusively. Yeah. Like we were doing puppet shows where we perform as, as felt nerdy 
And that was our bread and butter for like eight or nine years. Was but- bread and butter? He means our free entry into conventions. Yeah, well, then that's what we did. That, <laughs> yeah. that was the show. We we would do like fifteen convention shows in a year. Yeah, like we would. We were all over the convention scene in the southeast. But back in 2014, we were doing Trek Tracks Atlanta for the first time, uh, which was a. It turned into Trek Atlanta as a regular thing we did for like eight years. But that was our first Trek Tracks Atlanta. That was our and- first puppet show. That was our first show at a convention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was our first show at a convention. And we were being interviewed afterward on the radio, which is pretty exciting. We're doing a show at a convention for the first time. And then we're being interviewed on the radio, which was fun. And it's overwhelming and it's exciting. But as we're sitting there at the table talking, it's sort of in the hallway. And imagine like a convention scene, like a smaller convention where people are walking up and down the hallway. Mm -hmm. Well, here comes Arlene Martell and the lady who's sort of her handler or her helper. Yeah. And walks up to us. While we're talking on the radio, I guess not realizing that we're talking on the radio and was asking us how to get somewhere. And I'm like frozen because on one hand, here's Arlene Martell <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> I th- or her, her person was talking to me, but she was in close proximity. Yes. And I've been a fan yeah. of Star Trek my entire life. So right. Arlene Martell standing right here. But I don't know what I could, what to do because I'm on the radio. Like I can't just start saying, yeah, go down this way. And so I'm just not <laughs> saying anything. And none of us said anything. <laughs> And then they kind of like acted like we're being rude and like, ah, oh, fine. And walked away. And I was like, ah, it's my time to meet Arlene Martell. And there she goes. And so I never spoke to her. I didn't help her. I didn't know what to do. It's not my fault. Arlene Martell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trek Tracks Atlanta 2014 was her last convention appearance because mm-hmm. she passed away like four months later. Yeah. And yeah. I've always regretted that I didn't like interrupt my radio interview to be like, you know what, radio, hold on. The Pring needs my help. <laughs> We're oh, going to find this ballroom. Awesome. People listening at home would have been like, yes, go, go, go. I know. I, so that's a big regret of mine was not helping Arlene Martell. It's not my fault. I was on the radio and didn't know what to do. <laughs> we, we did We did super well at that convention, except for failing Arlene Martell and bringing disgrace to Vulcan. <laughs> We had a Dupring puppet. We did. So, but we didn't get to show it to her yes. <laughs> because our only interaction was not <laughs> show, showing her to the ballroom. Yes. Anyways, that's the Arlene Martell story. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. Could that... <laughs> that would upset me too. Yes. Oh. I'm really disappointed in myself. <laughs> um, so I guess back to the episode. Yeah. yeah. She, she was great in this. Yes, she yes. was. Very good. Remember, your contact is a short man. We'll ask you for some red maracas. There were a lot of jokes and a lot of um, almost kind of like one-liners, just sort of random. Mm-hmm. Um, random one-liners that had pr- obviously been previously used in prior Monkeys episodes or, or had even been the same pulled episode. out of other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the like hard exit, like you exit through the oh, I thought I always thought it was the accordion. And then Mickey said the same thing. Oh, mm-hmm. I always thought the exit was with the accordion. And it kind of like, okay, you know. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um, how you would exit through an accordion case. Davy Mike could do it. I don't know that anybody else. Yeah, no, there were, I, I didn't see an accordion. Well, well that's the gag, is that yeah. Well, this is implausible. The accordion would be a totally normal place for a secret <laughs> exit to be, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't think it worked as well when she came in and set up Davy coming in to get the mm-hmm. maracas because she goes through this whole spiel of a short man will come in asking for red maracas. You'll say five dollars. He only has 50 cents, et cetera. And then right. 
she leaves and it proceeds exactly as you would expect. Like you could get up and go get a drink and come back. And you already right. know at that point what's happened. You know that right. baby's going to come in and want red maracas and only have 50 cents and so forth. Yeah. But I guess the gag is that Davy doesn't know that's what's going to happen because Davy's right. not the one supposed to get the maracas. It's supposed to be the older, shorter guy right. that's supposed right. that's to true. get them. Um, so, yeah, and he just thinks he got lucky and got 50 cent red maracas. Yeah, so. great day. Yeah. So so the um, the guy that was supposed to get the maracas, um, the late Billy Curtis, mm-hmm. he was the city father of Munchkinland mm-hmm. in yeah. the Wizard of Oz. They did not use his voice in the movie. His voice was dubbed over. Yeah, by his voice actor. was dubbed. Yeah. 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 That's common with those kind of movies. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I read somewhere that he was going to be a shoe salesman. Like that was what he was heading yeah. to be, mm-hmm. and then and then he got into acting. Though, so, yeah, yeah, but he didn't want to be like in the circus. He didn't want to do the sideshow type right. stuff, and so he sold shoes. Mm. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So instead, he was a shoemaker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of humor with. I know their names aren't Boris and Natasha, but there's a lot of <laughs> humor. Madam. Boris and Madam. Boris and Madam. Yeah. Yes. Or Honey and the Bear, if you want to call them Honey and the Bear. It was a Sunny and Cher, uh, like, reference joke thing. I didn't pick up on I, I read Sonny that online somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the only reason <laughs> yeah, I did I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on the Sunny and Cher thing, but... um. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of humor out of them just being fish out of waters, of being mm-hmm. too old and square to be in these parties. Yeah. You know, it'd be like if we all showed up dressed like teenagers at a teenager party. You know, <laughs> like a teenager party today. It's like the it's Wear like the '90s clothes. Right. It's like the teenager party. Anybody here listen to Smash Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's a lot of humor out of them just being fish out of waters in like cool situations, but they're not cool. Yeah. You know. I like their I like their dancing. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, I was think fun. they fit in with their dancing a little bit better than the friendly kidnapper who was like doing his boxing moves mm-hmm. while dancing. They 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 blended in a little better, especially her, because she's yeah. young looking. Yeah, I think Eileen Martell could get by at a, at a yeah. cool party. Yeah. Um, the bear, I don't think he yeah. Boris, I don't think that he would, you know, he he yeah. stands out more. Yeah. I think. yeah. She just sort of but seems he, cooler. In a big fuzzy vest, you know. <laughs> but this is the second episode in a row where a Star Trek guest star has been trying to fit in at a monkey's party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that becomes a theme. That may be the only time that happens. I don't know. I don't know. So, there was somebody else. Oh, the one who played the, what did they call him? It wasn't the CIA. It was the CIS. S. 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 Yeah. Yes, the chief Central um, Intelligence Service. Okay, that yeah, yeah, the CIA. Um, the one who <laughs> yes. played the, the the chief, the one in the office, he was on a Star Trek Voyager. So there's some other Star Trek. Really? Oh. What was he in on Voyager? He was, and I wrote that down because somebody's going to ask. Pino, <laughs> someone. Um, P e n n o Pino. I don't know who that is. I, I don't know what episode it was, but. Mm-mm. I have I d- I don't know because I haven't gotten to Voyager yet. I would so. guess he is an older character. Probably yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Now this episode had the most songs that we've had in an episode so far. Yeah, four songs. Wow. Well, last time they sort of 
added a little extra song for um for, through the jukebox, you mm-hmm. know, when they yeah. had a jukebox at the party in the kidnappers episode. But yeah. yeah, I noticed that they kept squeezing songs into this one. Mm-hmm. And they were like actually performing two of them. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing too. Like I always talk every week about whether they're doing something bandy, you know, because sometimes the monkeys are just out and like trapped in a haunted house or something. But I like mm-hmm. when they're like on the way to a gig and get trapped in a haunted house or they're, you know, they're busking or something and get captured by pirates or whatever, rather than they're just captured by pirates. I like when they incorporate the fact that they're a band into the story. And they did that in this one, you know, where they're actually performing and get caught up in a spy adventure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the song that they did, because, you know, they substituted songs out for later releases Mm -hmm. in the reruns. Yeah. in the reruns. So the songs that were in this episode were the kind of girl I could love. Stepping Mm -hmm. stone. All the King's Horses and Saturday's Child. Mm-hmm. So in the 1967 rerun, they took out Saturday's Child and played Randy Scouse Git. And then the with the clips, just no. saying. Uh, not and the at Saturday, all. The Saturday morning reruns that were like in 1970, 71, they took out Saturday's Child and replaced it with All Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Which came out. Yeah, which works a lot better than... Yeah, we found um, a fan edit on YouTube that substituted in Randy Skowskit, and mm-hmm. then we found the Blu-ray version on disc 10. You have to do a little bit of digging to get to it. But oh, on disc okay. 10, they have um, the clip with All Alone in the Dark. I um, have to go look at that, because, yeah, I'd like yeah, to Yeah, All Alone in the Dark was okay. Was 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 pretty good. I, I mean, thought it worked really well, All Alone looked, in the Dark. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't Saturday's Child. So. No, but I mean Saturday's Child. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think All Alone in the Dark worked better of the three for yeah. that clip. I thought it it complemented it really well, and the tone of the song and the All Alone in the Dark, and she's like sitting there with the, uh, you know, in, in China, and she's that in trouble. Makes, like, yeah, that makes. I thought sense. it worked really well. Saturday's Child could have been any upbeat song. I thought <laughs> in that yeah. clip. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought Saturday's Child was better incorporated into the episode when we saw it in the um the one where Peter gets a job at the toy store. Right. When they had children around them and the 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 story was about children. I know Saturday's Child is not about a children. Not, not actually about children. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, they had sort of the child theme is more present in that episode. And I thought all in the dark, I thought of the three, and like I said, one was a fan edit, but Mm-hmm. Of the three, I thought that All Alone in the Dark worked the best in that little clip in the end. I, I thought that was really good. I'll have to go back and watch that. Bronco, you like Saturday's Child better, though. I, I did like Saturday's Child better. Okay. How, well, how did you think about what did you think about the songs uh, and the romps in this one? I like all of them because they were, with the exception of Saturday Child, uh, well, in Stepping Stone, I think was in an earlier episode. I liked hearing all the King's horses and the kind of girl I could love because I don't think they get used a lot other Mm-mm. besides this episode. So it was nice to hear new different songs. Mm. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like I'm a believer in stepping stone. It wasn't like trying to get all the hit the main hits over and over and over again. It was let 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 them listen to other songs, you know. It wasn't Clarksville again. <laughs> yes, that's the one I was trying right. to think of. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Well, Elaine, I know you're usually good about this. Uh, we want to play a round of how young were the old guys? Yes. Let me turn the page on my notes here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So we were I expect with- I'm older than all of them this week. <laughs> a lot of the old guys were pretty young. <laughs> no, not not all of them. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Then we can play. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am I'm older than all of them but one. Okay. So yeah. So we will start with Boris. He was played by Jack Obuchon. Okay. And he was born in October 1924, which made him 42. Hey, old. he's my same age. Um, and he passed away December of 1991 at the age of 67. Okay. He was also in in his long list of things he'd been in. He was in an episode of Wilmington Steel, Heart to Heart, Starsky and Hutch, Gunsmoke, Columbo, McHale's Navy. He was just all over the place. And he was one of those character place. actors. Yeah. Yeah. That, that checks out because I feel like if I went to a dance party full of 20 year olds, I would be acting exactly the same way as Boris. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have Madame played by Arlene Martel, who was mm-hmm. born in April of 1936. So she was hey, 30. April what? April 14th. Oh, okay. Jealous. So how old was yeah. she? She was 30 at the time. Okay. Um, right. And then, as you already know, she died in August of 2014 at the age of mm-hmm. 78. Um, yeah. And then we know she was to in Star Trek, but she was also on the Love Boat, Battlestar Galactica, the first one, Rockford Files, Columbo. And she was in an episode of I Dream of Genie, which I thought was funny because there was a genie in this yeah. episode. Yeah, she was she, also in, um, she had a recurring role in Hogan's Heroes. That's as well. what I was going to say. Yeah, she yeah. played Tiger on Hogan's Heroes. She was, yeah. I don't know how many episodes, but she was in several episodes of that. Okay. She yeah. was like a recurring character. French yeah, Spy I, I, Tiger. I, I just thought she was on I Dream of Genie, and I thought that was funny considering <laughs> there was that little yeah. Davy breaking the fourth wall going, what's the wrong show um, thing? So. <laughs> it would have been funny if that had been Barbara Eden. Yeah. It would have. Um, so then I wonder if they the tried team. to get her. Oh, uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't. They. I'm. I'm thinking that she's older than the one who played the genie, but she might not have been because. I don't Barbara know Eden. Old, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. Old I don't know, but I, I dream of genie was on at the same time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It ran yeah. like sixty-five to seventy or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but the chief was played by Booth Coleman, and he was born in March of 20, 1923. Okay. <laughs> he would. He would have been forty-three. Okay. And, yeah. And he died in 2014 at the age of 91. But he was in an episode of Frasier. He was in Voyager, Gunsmoke, The Flying Nun. He was another one that did a bunch of different shows. Okay. And what um, is his name? Booth uh, Coleman. Booth Coleman. Okay. Go ahead. He was, yeah. he was also, um, he portrayed, um, played Counselor Zayas in the 1974 CBS Planet of the Apes TV series. You're kidding. Nope. Okay. Yep. Yep, and um, that that series also featured another monkeys guest actor, John Hoyt. Yeah, um, he was in Star Trek too. <laughs> John Hoyt, he was Doctor Boyce. <laughs> um, then there was the short man, and that's how he's listed on IMDb as short man, um, okay. played by Billy Curtis, uh, who was born in 1909. Um, he was he was 57. Yeah, he, he is the oldest cast member um and okay. he, he died in 1988 at the age of 79 um mm. that's so funny to think of someone who from wizard of oz who was only 57 when the monkeys came out you know it seems like such a right. long but it's only 30 years I, yeah. less than 30 yeah. years like 26 yeah. years i think 39 was wizard mm-hmm. of oz yeah yeah i mean that that, that tracks because um yeah. uh uh 
Oh, why am I blanking on her name? Judy Garland's daughter, Liza Minnelli. She would have been the right age. She would have been like the, she'd been about the same age as the monkeys. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I know he was another thing, but Wizard of Oz was kind of like the, yeah, yeah. Wizard of Oz on my resume. That's what I would tell everybody else. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was something else called like Tiny Terrors or something like before Wizard of Oz, but I don't okay. think he did a whole lot of acting. But um, he he did a lot of um of bit parts of like some stuff like this where he was mm-hmm. the little creepy guy. Yeah, yeah. That's the type of part he tended to get or mm. tended to go for. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was you know little people of that era of, you know that's before you have like the game of thrones come along where you <laughs> right. you know where he's getting a major role yeah. they right. were they were hired for these sort of little things like playing ewoks and that sort of thing yeah 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 so and then we have honeywell who the man who talked into the popsicle um <laughs> he's played by don penny and he was born in 1933 and so he was 33 okay um, yeah. and he is almost 90 years old. He is still alive. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. See if you can get him. Yeah. He was also in that girl and bewitched. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I seemed, I think I remember him in that girl. I used to watch reruns of that girl a lot. Um, mm. and then the genie, she was played by Arlene Charles. Okay. Um, she was born in 1942, and she was about 24, so she was okay. the young genie. And so she's 80 years old now. She's still alive. Wow. And she was also in The Flying Nun, and I wrote down Clambake. Is that a Frankie and Annette movie? Or one of those, I, think so. I think that's one of those beach-type movies. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I think it is, but that's not my area yeah. of expertise. So <laughs> if someone out there is like, no, that's not, let us know. Send us an email. And then the last one I have is um, Yokimoto, the one that was okay. giving them the karate lessons. Um, mm-hmm. He was played by Lee Kolima, mm-hmm. and he was born in 1920, and he was 46 years old. Oh, good. And, He's older than me, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he passed away in 1995 at the age of 75. But he okay. was also a professional wrestler. He was in I Spy, Get Smart, and he yep. was... Um, uncredited, an uncredited security guard and head. So this was not his only time working with the monkeys. Well, he was in the monkeys too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Wasn't he a Toll of the Hun? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's it yes. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that and the too. Devil and Peter Tork. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's he was great. I mean, I, yeah. he's got a great look for those kind of mm-hmm. roles. I can see why he'd be on like Get Smart and yeah. shows like that. You know, he a right. great heavy. Yeah. But I also like it when when TV of that era. You don't always get people of an ethnicity playing that ethnicity. Sometimes right. they paint white people. Right. Or s- someone who's like tan will be the, the Asian guy or whatever. Right. So I yeah. like that when they have people who are genuinely of that ethnicity playing that. Part. Well, yeah. and they, they did do that because at the end, you know, where it's like somewhere in China and Matt's like, oh, what are they going to look like? And then you see the room and they are not people that are painted and they are not right. people that are just tan. They are right. really of Asian descent. They may right. not yeah. be exactly Chinese, but it, it's it wasn't not, John Wayne. No, no, no. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, you know, um, the Doctor Who episode, Talons of Wayne Cheyenne. It was not <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very... Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, painted and mustachioed. Yeah, no. So uh-huh. I, that would that was cool to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I liked I liked his bit too. I liked they thought they did a good job with a lot of the spy stuff. I really liked Mickey's turn as sort of like Q role from James mm-hmm. Bond. Uh, his little accent and everything. I liked his little back and forth lit with um, Yakimoto. This time is coming out of your pay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's all for today. Thank you. you know, we'll call paid, you. Thank you. He gets paid a dollar an hour, too. So I was like, dang. Right. <laughs> Good job, Yakimoto. Gentlemen, now you should become familiar with small arms. Right here we have small arms. Really. <laughs> Thank you, Yakimoto. That will be all for today. Yeah, I thought that whole bit was good. I liked, um, I thought the spy stuff, I mean, it's natural. It's 1966 mm-hmm. to do a spy spoof episode. Yeah. And you've got guys coming off of Get Smart writing it. So yeah. it's kind of a no brainer. I would imagine like when they got in the room, they'd be like, wow, like, all right, guys, guess what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if it was the other way around. Is there like, hey, we're going to, you guys should come write for us. Here's a spy show. Because we just did a spy show and we put the monkeys in a spy show. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah, but I mean, they they wrote like I mean, they were at least credited on like thirty monkeys episodes mm-hmm. or something. Um, Twenty one. I I think it's thirty. I think you're looking at screenplay or something because I think it's more you like have thirty. And the largest number of monkey segments. 21. Right. I'm. I said credited on because they were story editors. Oh, uh, okay. You should listen to this podcast sometime. Look, <laughs> I, I I'm not counting story editors here. I am counting the ones right. they actually wrote. Okay, well, I'm, story editors write a lot of the episodes that they other people's names are on, so <laughs> that's what they do. Um, but I mean, they, those guys were all over the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think this episode works really well. I think it's entertaining. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I think the guys got good stuff to do. Yeah, I haven't had their thought, and I don't know where it went. <laughs> I really liked all the interview scenes that um, Honeywell was doing with the monkeys. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, those were showing funny. that he was showing to his boss. Those are those were pretty hilarious. I especially liked Davies, <laughs> where he what just is- broke into song and dance. He's like, does he know he's being recorded? Like, no, he has no idea. And he's like, he's a soft doing like a soft shoe number. He's got a hat and a cane. Like, are you sure he doesn't yeah. know he's being recorded? <laughs> and then he finishes singing, walking straight towards the camera, looking straight at it, and then yeah. like, yeah, tips his not tips his hat, but like taps his head, points at the camera or something like that. Yeah, I even like the yeah. stuff like. um I mean, it's kind of punny, but like, you know, like, how do you feel about demonstrations? Like, I think it's the best way to sell a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that kind of stuff was funny. Mike had one, too, but now I can't think of what Mike. Oh, the, uh, the, about the Republican Party. Republican Party. Oh, yeah. just, just add more girls and, and, and music and just make it a big. Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. it a big party. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Party. Usually, <laughs> usually works for parties. Livens <laughs> it up. Yeah, no, they, this was a good episode. And I've seen this one. A number of times it was one that got aired a lot in the 80s yeah i think all these i've seen at various points but yeah um maybe not all but i think most of them i've seen before but this mm-hmm. one i don't i don't i didn't have a strong memory of so that's nice yeah. to watch it and be sort of fresh on it yeah yeah i really liked the um the unicycles with the training wheels that they were riding around oh, in the apartment yeah. But they were all cool colors. Did you notice they were each a different yeah. color? Like one of them was like metallic purple and metallic blue. They were really pretty. Is not quite the word I want to use, but I was like, oh, I like those. Shiny. Shiny, yes. They were shiny. They're shiny. I did think it was funny that um, Mike was able to take down boys by just twisting his ear, and that got him yes. down to the ground. It was like, <laughs> so. I mean, that's how you that's that's how you get the big guys is you take the little soft spot and. 
<laughs> twist it. Kiss it. Twist it. Oh, they said and kiss it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're taking a different strategy than I would have. <laughs> would probably work. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Arlena Martel should have checked her microfilm before she got to China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she should have. <laughs> you got the wrong reel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she did. Good for the monkey for figuring out how to switch out the microfilm. Unless the CIS did that for them, but I don't know. Or maybe they just um, had their own microfilm laying around. They've got a strange pad, so yeah, you never know. yeah, you never know what they have laying around there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when um, you when you went to camp or whatever, and you always you had the this little disposable camera? Mm-hmm. Do you remember doing the trick where um, you would like slap it on the um, the heel of your hand, and it would fl- and the, it would flash. And it would mm-hmm. basically take a second picture on top of the last picture you took. Oh. So that's how I would I I would imagine that would yeah. have looked like yeah. <laughs> if you they had actually like filmed it on top of it. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Fun episode. I had a good time with this yeah. one. Yes. I like it. All right. Chuck, do you have a you may also like for us this week? I do. Excellent. And sort of in the theme, because um <laughs> An album that I really enjoyed that came out just a few years ago was called The Man Who Calls the Shots by Groovy Uncle. And his album, The Man That Calls the Shots, is very cinematic, where like every song on the record seems like it could have been from a movie in the 60s. (laughs) And the title track, The Man Who Calls the Shots, is like it could have been a Bond theme. It -hmm. has that Bond theme with the strings and... um, the, the the singer, Miss Modus, who contributes to several of the songs, and she's just in great form. And... The album is great. I think that song in particular that leads off the album is fantastic. But also, I mean, there's like an instrumental called, ready for this? It's a sci-fi one called Guitardus. (laughs) (laughs) And then later there's a rearrangement of it called Return to Guitardus. That's like the sci-fi on the the album. And But there's, I mean, there's songs that on this and you feel like it could have been from like Breakfast at Tiffany's and that sort of thing. Um, But that one is very James Bond, the first strong, the first song of the man who calls the shots. So that'd be my recommendation. The Groovy Uncle album, The Man Who Calls the Shots. You wake up to find your will, the man who calls the shots. That's that's fantastic. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right, Elaine, where can people find more of you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at monkeying around. On Facebook at Monkeying Around, we have a Facebook discussion group, Monkeying Around discussion group, email monkeyingaroundpodcast at gmail.com, and we're also on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. How about us, Chuck? Feltnerdy.com. And? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. That will be all for today. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.